Big corporations are always trying to look to the future, to keep a brand alive, to keep coming out with the new and keep you buying sooner than you need to. Here's a case in point, the toy maker Hasbro and the toy Potato Head. Last week, Hasbro took the plunge into the future, trying to make cultural change, and it backfired. Several days of headlines that Mr. Potato Head would become gender neutral. There was outrage everywhere. Swiftly, after millions of dollars in bad publicity, Hasbro recanted from the blowback. By Thursday afternoon, after the Thursday morning announcement, Hasbro rolled back, declaring publicly, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere and will remain Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Culture, though, does change, but Christ never changes. As Easter approaches in not too many weeks, may we know that his word never changes. The power of the cross prevails. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called Eternity Before Us. Yesterday, we began looking at the unique time in church history when the Puritans lived, and how this group of people were far more joyful and Christ-centered than our current culture understands. Our guest yesterday, a pastor, David Woolen, said the Puritans lived out the gospel from the head to the heart to their hands, all of their lives, their preaching, raising children, buying and selling. Whatever they did, they sought to do so for the glory of God. And the reason is because they had a God-entranced life. They were looking to Him towards eternity. Yet they were always searching to see how they could be used for His glory in this lifetime. In a moment, we're going to talk about one of the most prolific Puritan writers and thinkers, John Owen. He was highly educated and was the chaplain in the British Army. He was close to infamous Prime Minister Oliver Cromwell. One of his well-known books is often called The Death of Death and the Death of Christ, but the full title is 75 words long. In a moment, we're going to learn more about John Owen, a man who, despite all his education and privilege, would trade it all in order to better know Jesus. And then after the program, I want to send you a new documentary made by one of our former team members, Stephen McCaskill, that powerfully tells the story of the Puritans. It's a God-entranced heart and a God-entranced stomach and a God-entranced ears and eyes and all of life and experience is God-entranced. They had a revolutionary, more biblical view of what it means to be a Christian. Are you interested in knowing the Bible? Are you interested in knowing Christ? Do you want someone to attend to the care of your soul? Then you're going to want to get to know the Puritans. An excerpt from the film called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. We'll hear more from it later in the program. And then afterwards, I'd like to send you a copy of this feature-length documentary when you make your tax-deductible gift to this ministry. Our number for the DVD is 800 Six five four twenty eight thirty six eight hundred sixty five Haven, or visit our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, and we still have copies of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly book and audio book for your gift as well. 
If you're yearning to know the heart of Christ better, then you need to read this book right away. And now we open with the Norton Hall Band, This Haven Today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. couple of hymns put together by the Norton Hall Band, My Hope is Built, and the Solid Rock on a haven today called Eternity Before Us. I'm Charles Morris. To many of us, when we hear that word Puritan, our minds immediately go to one famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards. 
a sermon that struck fear into the hearts of many high school students who were assigned to read it in an English class. I felt that fear when I read an excerpt. It's full of lines like this, "'Unconverted men walk over the pit of hell on a rotten covering.'" And a little later in the sermon, "'There is nothing that keeps wicked men at any one moment out of hell but the mere pleasure of God.'" Well, I must say, what a serious message it is, and sobering. Black robes and a scowl, that's what we think of when we think of the Puritans. But this week, in our series called Eternity Before Us, we're going to see that's not exactly correct. No, I'm not an apologist for the Puritans. They were not perfect people. And yes, they were serious people. Serious about the Lord. Serious about His Word. And serious about finding all the ways that applies to our lives today. They lived a God-entranced life. Everything they did, everything they wrote, they saw as intimately connected to their Lord and Savior. We can learn so much from them about what it means to live head to heart to hand. Receiving truth from the Lord, sowing that truth into our hearts and watching it bear fruit in our lives. I've never met a Christian that doesn't want to grow in the Lord to bear fruit for his glory. And the Puritans devoted themselves to helping us do just that. Now, the life of John Owen is full of fascinating details. More than a million words in print. He served as a chaplain in Oliver Cromwell's army. He was expelled from his university. John Owen lived in the 1600s. But his life continues to inspire so many to live life for eternity in front of them. Like most Puritan Englishmen, John Owen was very bright. He was sent to Oxford to study at a young age. And by the time he was 21, he was already lecturing, a professor at that world-renowned university. But there was trouble brewing. A new superintendent, an archbishop, had been named, and he was not fond of Owen. John Owen was serious about the Bible, so serious that he wasn't willing to teach or do anything that the Bible didn't command him to. William Laud, the new superintendent, had different ideas. He wanted every church and every minister in the church and every teacher in England to be uniform, to teach the same things, to hold the same church services. Owen disagreed, and he refused to conform. So William Laud did what no one thought was possible. In 1637, he dismissed John Owen from Oxford, and it only got more difficult from that point forward. The Puritans were also called nonconformists because they refused to follow what men like William Laud wanted. John Owen was forced underground for a while holding secret church services in households out on the countryside, preaching in the open air when he could, publishing his works through other channels. It was persecution. But these setbacks, as difficult as they were, did not compare to the tragedy that met John Owen in his personal life. He married a young Mary Rook when he was 28, and through the course of their life together they had 11 children. Ten of them died in infancy. Being expelled from the university, being forced underground for a season in England was hard, but losing ten children 
was so much harder. John Owen knew pain, and he also knew persecution. And it makes his career that much more astonishing. Take a listen to John Piper talking about John Owen in the Puritan documentary. Here's what I want to say about Owen that I think is typical of the Puritans, but Owen is superlative. It isn't just that there's this theology piece and there's this experiential piece that come together. It's it's something about the Bible. Now, Paul says in Romans 8, 7, the mind of the flesh is death and the mind of the spirit is life and peace. That phrase, mind of the spirit, um, tophronima to pneumatos. Owen wrote a whole book on that phrase. I think it's called uh, The Grace and Duty of Being Spiritually Minded. Now, I, when I preached on Romans, I, I probably devoted 10 minutes <laughs> to that phrase as I was moving through. He wrote a book on it. And when you read the book, you realize, why is he doing this? Why did he take this one phrase, spiritually minded or mind of the spirit, and think he needed to write a book about it? Who would do that? Who does that today? Nobody does that. Owen felt like it says, if you don't have that, you die. You die. And if you have it, life forever and peace. I mean, what could be more important than to be spiritually minded? And who thinks about it? Well, you're done reading that book and you, you, I, I stand there or sit there and I say, I don't think I've ever read the Bible before. <laughs> I mean, when he's done with that text and then with text after text after text, illumining, illumining that text, those texts are not arbitrarily used, they're contextually sensitive, and they are pulsating with life and with insight into God and Christ and spirit and salvation and sanctification, history and me. They're just pulsating in such a way that I look at and say, I don't think I've ever learned how to meditate yet. A minister and an author John Piper speaking about John Owen's ability to see an entire book where you or I would only see a few verses. Let's take a moment to look a little at how John Owen did preach. Romans 8.13 tells us, If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. From this single verse, Owen was able to identify and diagnose so many ways that we fall into sin and how it is that we are called to fight against sin. It's a deed of the flesh, he said. It seizes upon our desires and our appetite and relentlessly drives us to satisfy our longings in things that will only make us more thirsty. But it must be put to death. We talk about resisting, struggling with sin. But John Owen took this verse to say we shouldn't be satisfied with a mere struggle. Instead, we need to think of sin as a brutal monster, a violent beast that lives in our hearts, and it needs to be starved. It isn't enough to keep the beast alive as long as we don't let it off its leash too often. Romans 8 tells us we must put it to death. 
but not just by trying really hard not to sin. That won't do, because that's actually a subtle way sin creeps in, wouldn't you say? When we achieve holiness by our own efforts, what we've really done is open the door for pride and arrogance that will lead us astray. No, these too must be put to death. But how? By the power of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who has taken up residence in our hearts that were against the flesh, as the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 5. It is the Spirit that has made us alive to the Lord and receptive to His Word and to His help. By the Spirit, we are given the tools we need to kill and fight our sin. It means turning to the Lord consistently for grace in our times of temptation and need. It means communing with Him in His Word. And it means sowing His Word deep into our hearts so that we can wield it against the enemy when the time comes. Be killing your sin, John Owen said, or your sin will be killing you. But this isn't a call to be serious about sin just to be serious about sin. The verse doesn't end like that either. It says, if you, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. In other words, you have eternity before you. So live now like you will then. Put your sin to death so you can enjoy the fullness of life the Lord wants to give you in Jesus Christ. That was John Owen's greatest desire, to live life full of joy in the presence of his Savior. It's no surprise, then, that John Owen's most famous work, Communion with the Triune God, is all about spending time with the Lord. Amid all the pain of losing his children in infancy, the pain of persecution, this book flows out of the comfort that he found in his Lord. He takes us on a journey through the love of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. He reminds us that when we come to the Lord, we come to a God of pure love. The Father draws us closer and sends his only Son to die in our place, and then sends his Spirit to comfort us and adopt us into his family. The Son brings us near, as the Apostle Paul put it. He gives us access to the Father. He bears our sins and our shame, and he gives us the Holy Spirit to walk with him day by day. The Holy Spirit turns our hearts from stone to flesh. He leads us graciously to the Father. He reminds us daily of our Savior and how deeply we need his love. It is only in our communion, which means our relationship with this triune God, that we have true hope and joy in this life. John Owen understood that on a very personal level. And I know you may be listening today, and you do as well. This is the kind of life, a God-entranced life, that can bring us so much joy and comfort here and now. The joy of knowing the Lord, the joy of spending time with Him, and the joy of reflecting on His love for us. Oh, I once held you, built my life upon all this world reveals and wars to own all I once thought. I have come. 
Englishman, the Christian musician Graham Kendrick singing for us his song that many of us know, Knowing You, Jesus, from an album called The Best of Graham Kendrick here on A Haven Today, and our second day in a series called Eternity Before Us. 
I want to thank everyone who made contact with us yesterday and asked about this new documentary DVD called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. Now, I know there are some who would rather do math than study history. Not really, maybe just a few people. But if you're a Christian today in North America, this is your history that you've been listening to. It's part of your family tree. And this documentary visually tells the story that will connect with your heart. It was shot on location in historical sites in Europe and colonial America and some of the most trusted Bible teachers and theologians of our day share how God used the Puritans in their time and how we can follow their example today. It's the kind of uplifting encouragement we so desperately need right now. Well, would you make your gift to the ministry right now? And we'll send you this double DVD set that includes the two-hour documentary and a bonus DVD with lots of extras and a digital download. Our number to call right now is 800 654 2836-800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And real quick, if you didn't get a copy of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly book last week, we still have copies of the hardback as well as the audiobook for your gift as well. This book helped me and so many I know better understand the heart of Jesus. I know it'll bless you as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we'll get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Keeping our eyes on the Lord and the race that he set before us is a difficult thing, not just because the world around us is full of distractions and temptations, but because sin still lives within us, lurking in our hearts, luring us from the path of righteousness. David understood this. Psalm 714 puts it plainly, whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. David meant that deception can come from within, and of course, any Christian knows that to be true. The challenge is to resist the sin that so easily entangles. David knew that too. The Lord is my shield. We take refuge in Him. He keeps us on the path. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.